Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash pro revenge, where people always, always go what they deserve because, you know, they're crappy human beings. Guys, I hope you enjoy the super satisfying stories today. And do remember to hit that subscribe button for future stories. We're diving in. A little over a year ago, I moved to a smallish town. I found a decent duplex on the outskirts, with plenty of room for just myself. When I spoke to the landlord, she had implied that she had quite a few other people look at the place, but these weren't the sort of people she wanted moving in. It was heavily implied, though never explicitly stated, that she wouldn't allow minorities to move into our duplexes. Now, I really didn't care, as it was none of my business, and as long as I could get the place, I was happy. So I move in a week later, and at first, all was well. I work Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 5 every week, though I frequently get off later than 5. My job consists of driving a company truck and going to customers' houses to fix things. I sometimes deal with as many as 10 different people a day. At the end of the day, the only thing I usually want to do is go home and veg out in front of my computer. The last thing I want to do is interact with people or have to deal with a bunch of noise. Unfortunately, my neighbor was running her own daycare next door watching as many as 10 or 12 kids in her little thousand-foot square unit, and she would allow these kids to run wild. My typical Monday, which is one of my weekend days, would consist of me waking up at about 7am, to the sounds of kids banging on walls and jumping on furniture, and hearing my neighbor scream at the top of her lungs. This would go on all day until about 7pm. Now, I knew when I moved in that she ran her own small daycare, but I didn't think it would be a problem. After all, I used to watch kids as well, and I was good at it, and made sure the kids I watched were well-behaved. Naturally, I assumed that someone running their own daycare would have the skill to control the kids. Her, not so much. So after a few weeks of this, I ended up losing my patience. I knocked on my neighbor's door, and I engaged her in small talk. Now, I didn't want to immediately tell her to shut up, so I just made it seem like a friendly chat. During the small talk, I realized that this woman was nuts. This was the first time we'd ever talked, and within a few minutes, she was telling me that she had an STD. I quickly forgot her name, but I always refer to her by the nickname I gave her, which was Crotch Rot. Well, after a few minutes of conversation with Crotch Rot, I decided to approach the subject of excessive noise. I started out by asking her if I was noisy, ensuring her that if I ever became noisy, she could ask me and I would quiet down. She assured me that she never heard a peep from me. She then asked me if she was noisy, to which I replied that there was an awful lot of noise during the day while she was watching the kids. Now, throughout all this, I'm still trying to keep things civil and friendly, but things are starting to go off the rails. She apologizes and tells me that running a daycare is a noisy business. She explains that this is her only source of income, and that she has no choice in the matter. I ask her if she's able to keep the kids from banging on the walls at the very least, to which she replies that she's only one person with 10 kids, and she can't be everywhere at once. It was at this point that I realized that being Mr. Nice Guy is not working. The woman's just going to keep making excuses and avoiding the issue, rather than trying to do something about it. I suggest that she either hire someone to help her, or take on some lessons, to learn to better deal with young children. 
The woman then suggests that I move somewhere else, and that I was too stupid to move in when I knew the next door unit was a daycare. Well, at this point, I'm just pissed. The woman does a terrible job of running a daycare and handling kids, and she has the nerve to call me stupid. Well, I decide to go to war. So before going back into my own unit, I make one more statement saying, do you even have a license to run a daycare? Well, it turns out that Crotchrot is good friends with my landlady, and at the beginning of the next month when the landlady comes to collect rent, she serves me an eviction notice, giving me 30 days to leave. Her explanation is that I'm causing tensions among other tenants and being a troublemaker. Now, keep in mind, the only other tenant I've spoken to has been Crotchrot. Well, neither of these women know who they're messing with. I'm the last person to just roll over and take it, especially when I feel that something unjust has been done. So I do my research and quickly learn about state childcare laws. I learn that there's a limit to how many children an unlicensed facility can care for, which is also based on how many caregivers there are. I learn that there's certain requirements, such as state workers inspecting the facilities and doing background checks on the caregivers. All of the licensing information is public domain, so I do a search, and sure enough, my neighbor is unlicensed, and she's illegally watching children. After that, I do some research on housing equality laws in my state. So it turns out that it's illegal for anyone, even a private owner, to discriminate against potential tenants. First things first, I call up the Department of Child Protective Services and report my neighbor. I explain that she's unlicensed, that she's clearly unable to handle the children she's watching, and that I frequently hear banging and yelling coming from her unit, which has me concerned for the safety and well-being of the 10 children that she's watching. Now I want to note that that is a bit of a fib, but I figured that I should spice it up a bit. Well, much to my surprise, it only takes about an hour before two CPS agents and a couple of police are pulling up to the duplex. They then force Crotchrot to call each of the parents to come pick up their children, then explain to the parents that if something were to happen to their kids, they could be held liable for leaving their children with someone who's not equipped to handle them. The woman ends up getting slapped with a hefty fine, and in order to appear in court. For the first time since I moved into the duplex, I was very happy for the thin walls. I just sat there drinking a few beers, listening to all the chaos, and this went on for hours. I slept like a baby that night. So, phase one of Operation Duplex Destruction was complete. Crotchrot was ruined. I had destroyed her only source of income permanently and caused her financial distress in the form of a fine, and got her in trouble with the law. It was now time to proceed to phase two. So, by now, most of my stuff was packed and I'd found a new place to live a few miles down the street. A couple weeks after moving to my new place, I invited a few of my co-workers over to have a few beers. I then explained the real reason I wanted to get together. I had been working on a plan to get back at some racist landlady, and I was ready to put the plan into action. Now, fortunately, with me being on great terms with all my co-workers, they were more than happy to go along. I went ahead and had one of my black co-workers call up the landlady and ask her about the for rent listing, and set up a time to meet her and check the place out. I then instructed my other black co-worker to wait a couple of days and then do the same. And then finally, I instructed my white co-worker to wait till the end of the week to do the same. A week and a half came and went. During that time, all three of my co-workers had met with the landlady to check out the unit. She told my two black co-workers that she'd already found another tenant, and sent them on their way. But when my white co-worker showed up, she told them that she hadn't found anyone to rent yet, that she had some unsavory characters show interest. Well, this was more than enough for me. I got in touch with my state's Commission on Human Relations Department. I explained that I had referred a few friends to check the place out, and that the owner of the properties was blatantly refusing to rent to minorities. I also called up the NAACP and explained the situation to them. It's now been about two months since all of this happened. I checked back this morning to ask for an update on the situation. 
The racist landlady was slapped with a fine, and she's currently being sued by the NAACP for tens of thousands of dollars. And Operation Duplex Destruction is a success. I love how OP got revenge on both of those people. Honestly, OP probably saved those kids from a terrible person. Because, guys, if she's shady enough to run an unlicensed daycare, who the heck knows what kind of job she's doing taking care of those kids, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so here's the backstory. I work as a full-time paramedic in a moderately busy service. Recently, we've had the pleasure, privilege, and honor to be used as a taxi service for an extra special piece of crap who calls 911 with a variety of fake complaints so he can get a free ride from his home 20 miles away to the hospital, where he typically refuses to even go inside. And then he'll simply walk down the street and buy heroin to take home to deal to all of his crap friends. Now, I say free because an ambulance bill can range anywhere from between 500 to 1000 plus dollars, depending on the nature of the call, miles driven, etc. One would think that this is a really expensive taxi ride, and it would be. Except that this idiot has flat out said to us on multiple occasions that he has no intention of ever paying his bill. And since he has Medicaid and has no medically necessary reason for going, we won't even get the money from insurance. Now, I know what you're thinking. Just refuse to take him, right? If only it were that simple. For those that don't know, if you call 911, regardless of your complaints, whether it's a heart attack or toe fungus, we have to transport you if you want to go. So a few weeks ago, we went to go pick up this crap stain, when he called for chest pain. So we get there, and he's standing on his deck, smoking a cigarette and laughing with a very unamused firefighter. We start to talk to him, and when I ask him what he's hoping the ER will do for him today, his response is, uh, I don't know, get evaluated? Followed by a snarky laugh. Now, the guy legitimately does have a history of recent infections in his heart from using too much heroin. However, he got booted from the hospital that was trying to treat him, when they caught him sneaking out to buy heroin, and then using it from his hospital room. So fast forward to the present. We, one of my partners and I, took him a couple of weeks ago to a different hospital than he usually goes to. After a big, long argument about his frequent trips and the fact that he often refuses to even go inside the ER. When I brought this up to him, he got super pissy accusing me of not even believing that he's sick, which I don't because he isn't, and mistreating him because he's an addict, blah blah blah. So on a whim, I call the hospital he's been using as his designated go-to, which is right down the road from his suppliers, 
And I got a doctor who knew exactly who he was and what his motive is, and he told us to just leave him there, and to not transport him. When I told him this, he lost it. The guy began yelling and flipping furniture over, and having an all-around very amusing temper tantrum, before slamming the door to his house. Now here comes the revenge. So my partner I was working with that day told me that while I was on the phone with the hospital, he went inside his house and came back out, stuffing a knife inside his pocket. I then called our dispatch, as well as our supervisor, and told him about the guy, his temper tantrum, and a knife. They then called the sheriff's department, who also dispatches the fire department, and they put him on house watch. Now, what this means is that from now on, anytime the guy calls 911, neither us nor the fire department will come until the police have gone there first, regardless of what he's calling for. Additionally, we talked with our medical director, and he's now on the call before you haul list, meaning that anytime he wants a ride to the hospital, we can call a doctor and get permission to refuse to transport him, even if he's requesting, or in his case, demanding transport. You know, it's always the people who abuse the system who are the most entitled about it too. I wonder if the guy was ever arrested for going to pick up drugs and dealing it, when everybody and their mom knew what the guy was up to. And come on dude, picking up heroin and using it in a hospital room? Yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. Some people are just so crappy. Many years ago, I bought a house in a neighborhood with a very restrictive HOA. However, the property I bought pre-existed the HOA and was not included in the HOA or restricted in any way. Now, one of my neighbors really seemed to take great offense at the fact that I wasn't part of the HOA and didn't have to abide by their overly restrictive rules. From the time I moved into the house, he started giving me grief. First, it was HOA notices that I was under no obligation to follow. When that failed, he began to harass me at every opportunity. For months on end, this guy would call in noise complaints anytime I had guests over. There was no party, just guests. He also habitually called in code complaints and generally harassed me and my family in many other ways. For months, he made my life suck. Finally, one night my friends were visiting and we get a knock at the door. It was a police officer responding to another noise complaint. And we're thinking, what the heck, we're just sitting around playing cards. Now, this was the last straw. It was at this point I decide to get him back. I formulated a plan. Okay, so first, you have to understand that this was about 30 years ago. There were no cell phones, and in general, the average citizen didn't have access to the easy communications that we enjoy today, or my plan never would have worked. I've also been in radio my whole life, so my car and house were well-equipped with two-way radios. Next, I was fortunate that my house was in a development that only had one way in or out. Also, there was a convenience store on the corner that always had plenty of cars in the lot for me to blend in with, so we put our plan into action on a Friday night. We established an alibi with a close friend in town who would swear that we were at his house playing cards all night. Next, I opened the windows and placed my speakers for my sound system up in the windows facing my neighbor's house. We then cleared a hiding place in the closet with a clear view of the driveway. I then got in my car and drove to the store parking lot and found a spot that gave me a clear view of all the cars entering or leaving the development. Once we established that communications were good, it was D hour. My wife then turned on the stereo to rock music at full volume, rattling the whole neighborhood. Every light in every house went on. The music was so loud that I could hear it at the store half a mile away. We then waited. Sure enough, about 30 minutes later, a police car turned into the development. I then radioed my wife. Working together, she and her sister quickly turned off the radio, pulled the speakers from and closed the windows, turned off the lights, and quickly went to hide in the closet. The police arrive, 
pulled into the driveway and found an apparently empty and dark house. The windows were closed, the doors were locked, the curtains open, lights off, driveway was empty. My wife and her sister sat silently in the closet while the officers knocked on the doors, shined flashlights in the windows, and walked completely around the house. Eventually, they decided the house was empty and they left. I watched them exit the development and head back towards town. We waited about 30 minutes and then we repeated the procedure. Windows open, speakers up, stereo on full blast. It took about 15 minutes before the police returned. It was at that point I radioed my wife and she closed the windows, put the speakers down, lights off, and once again the police went to my house. They tried every door and spent more time looking in the windows. They even sat in the car out front for about 20 minutes before leaving. 15 minutes later, they disappeared towards town and we repeated the whole procedure once again. This time, it was less than 5 minutes before the police returned, and this time, they had their blue lights on. We're thinking, oh crap. The police then pulled into my empty driveway, but immediately they backed out and went to my jerk neighbor's house. They were there for more than 30 minutes. Now, my wife couldn't hear everything that was said, but there was shouting and cursing going on. Eventually, the police left. My wife radioed me, and I returned home. Two days later, my neighbor's name appeared in the local newspaper, as he was charged with misuse of police resources and filing a false police report. Now, I don't remember the exact charges, but hey, it's been three decades ago. But after that one night, I never received another complaint, visit from the city, or police as a result of him, and the other harassment stopped. Guys, that was such a brilliantly risky and sneaky revenge that Opie pulled on his neighbor. And he's right, it definitely wouldn't work nowadays since it's so easy to just pull out your phone and hit record. But you know what they say, play dumb games, win dumb prizes, right? If only the neighbor had kept to himself and not been so petty about Opie not having to follow those strict HOA restrictions. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash pro revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today, and if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. A psycho Karen attacks OP after her son steals OP's laptop. It's such a ridiculous story, so check it out if you haven't. And myself and Steve-O will see you in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.